Welcome to Transparency Talk with Nikia Preval. I'm your host, Nikia, and thank you for tuning in. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Transparency Talk, and welcome. I'm your host, Nikia Preval. This is episode two, and I have to say, I'm excited. Maybe not excited inspired. I think that is the best word to describe my feeling right now. Um, I received so much positive feedback and I received, I won't say constructive criticism because that's not what it was. They were giving me an enhancement on things that I can change or maybe add um, to each episode. So I want to first say thank you to those that did reach out and they gave me the information that I needed. Um, Like I said, this is episode two. So let me pay bills first. This episode is sponsored by uh, Last Call for Cupcakes, alcohol-infused cupcakes, Um, great for any party for adults. If you're looking for something unique and a different way of celebrating birthday parties, weddings, anniversaries, check out Last Call for Cupcakes. The website is lastcall4cupcakes.com. With that being said, let's get transparent. Now, As I've stated, this podcast is not going to be an idea of what transparency is. And the reason why I say that is because I've listened to others speak on transparency. And I don't know if they really get the true definition of what transparency is. Transparency is not being rude. And when you are rude in your deliverance of transparency, it comes off very immature. And when people stop speaking to you, then the excuse is they couldn't take me being real. It's not about being real. If you want to get your thoughts across and you want to be your authentic self, being rude will not get you anywhere. So I just wanted to first touch on that matter because people, when they're like, oh, well, I just told her I felt. And it's so much attitude that comes along with that. I already know. You were rude and you were nasty. And when you're doing that, first of all, your point is not made. You've lost a friend or you've lost a relationship that cannot be rebuilt because under your terms, you were being transparent. But there's a difference between being transparent and being rude. And if you don't know the difference, you're always going to run into a situation that now you have to defend your transparency. And then when you defend it in a way that is 
mature, people get it, but people are over it at that point. Because had you done that the first time, you would not have any issues. So I want to make it very clear. Transparency is being your authentic self, your truth. But that does not necessarily mean to be nasty in the process. Because then it takes away the value of what you're trying to say because now people are on defense instead of being able to just listen to what you're saying. With that being said now, I had to get that off my chest. I'm sorry. It it was bothering me because I listened to a few people and I'm like, they don't get how rude they sound. And if you're... If you have an audience, you have to be very careful of what you say, because if you have a following, they're going to take your advice. They're going to possibly translate what you're saying into their everyday use. So be very careful of your definition and your perception of transparency. So now, let's get into today's topic. And today's topic is, I am not your source. And I know you're like, the source of what? So here's a little background on Nikia. Now, I am 43 years old. I am a mother of three. And I'm married. Now, I've been married now, come March 23rd, I'll be married nine years. Background story with my marriage, Rudy and I knew each other in high school, but we never dated. So we had mutual friends and I would see him, he was a year ahead of me. So I would see him in the halls or games or if there was a social event, I would see him. But my interaction with him was very minimum. Fast forward 2012, I'm on a dating app and I see him and I said, I know him. Let me send him a message. That was actually... February 28th, I sent him that message. And March 1st was our first date. So March 1st, 2012 was our first date. March 23rd, 2012, we got married. So I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. Okay, so now. When we got married, I was in love with the idea of what I thought marriage was. And someone should have told me, it's not what you see on TV. And it's not what you see amongst your friends and family either. And I'm going to hit on that in the frill. When you're enter into a relationship, there are certain things that you look for. You're looking for, say it's 
I want him to be a certain height or I want him to be a certain build. But then in the small print, it says someone to make me happy. Big mistake. When you have someone in your life and you set the expectation that this person is going to make you happy, you are going to be the most miserable person because they're never going to make you happy. Not the happiness you're looking for. They're never going to make you happy. You have to find within yourself what makes you happy, what motivates you. And if you're doing this with a person and they fail to meet this unrealistic expectation, you're always going to be miserable. Now, Rudy and I got married and we had never been separated from the time we got married, even till now. We There's never been like a break where... He's gone two weeks, three weeks. Every single day we've been together since we got married. I look at Rudy now, even though he's my husband, I look at him as more my friend than my husband because we were dating while married. We didn't live together first. We got married, then we lived together. Two different people, two different expectations, two different ways of living coming into one. Now, it's hard when you're doing it with someone that you've been with for three, four, five years. You're talking about 23 days. Compromise, understatement. So the first three weeks, four weeks, it was heaven. We were so happy. You know, we were living the huxtable life. We were what you saw on TV until the real work came in or when the reality of what we did set in. We married. So... I came into my marriage, I wouldn't say broken, but bruised. And I wanted Rudy to, in some way, heal or patch all of the things that I went through. And he couldn't. And he still can't. Because that's not his responsibility. And I started to resent him because he wasn't doing the things that I needed him to do. And I remember we had got into an argument and he said, I'm not happy. And it broke my heart because I'm like, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, you know, I'm making sure that, you know, you walk in you really don't want for anything when you get off of work. But I wasn't hitting his target of expectation. 
And that was never a conversation that we had. And I don't really think that's a conversation we should have had. And I remember going to see my grandmother and we were talking. And my grandmother was a pastor. And she would always speak truth, whether I liked it or not. And that was very hard for me to dissect sometimes because I didn't want her to be my pastor. I wanted her to be my grandmother. And I think back now on the conversation and I realize she was being my grandmother. She's not going to sugarcoat it to make me feel good. She's not going to tell me something and then send me back out there to be wounded. So I might as well tell you now, rather than you get set up for a big disappointment. And I remember telling her, you know, Rudy said he wasn't happy. And I started crying. And she said, you can save them tears. She said, you are not the source of his happiness. And you are not the source of his unhappiness. If he's not happy, it has nothing to do with you. And if he's happy, it has nothing to do with you. And I didn't get it at that time. Because I'm like, well, that's why you get married, right? That's why you have a partner, so they can make you happy. She said, that's not why you get married. And if that's why you got married, your marriage is not going to last. And keep in mind... Rudy and I got married in March and my grandmother passed away in July of that same year. And I would constantly replay our conversation because I really wanted to understand what she meant. And I remember going to my mother and I cried. I said, Rudy and I got into an argument. He said, he's not happy. And my mother said to me, You need to save them tears. You wanted to marry him. This is what you wanted. You figure it out. Because I was so adamant that I was going to marry this man. Was my family happy about it in the beginning? Absolutely not. They felt it was being rushed. They felt that we should have gotten to know each other longer. And our thought processes... Is it going to change if we know each other for a year or six months or six days? If it's going to work, it's going to work because we want it to work. So now I have to take the lesson that my grandmother gave me and I now have to study and I have to understand what she meant by being that source. I can be your cheerleader. I can support you in anything that you do. But if you can't find it from within, nothing I do is going to make you happy. I can cook your favorite food. I can wash your clothes and the best fabric softener. Fold them, press them, have them ready for you when you get home. And the first thing you do is say, 
but the clothes are still wrinkled or you missed a spot. So now you're looking past what you defined as happiness because you're not happy with yourself and you want to find something to make the situation a level of comfort. Misery. So no matter what you want, if it's not within you, if it's not something that you can create for yourself, you cannot go to someone else and think that they're going to make you happy. It's unrealistic. You are your main source. Now, I'll use a power source as an example. You have, what, six power power plugs? But the main source is the one that gives off the power for the other outlets. So you are the main source. If you cannot give off the power of happiness, acceptance within, I don't care how many things you plug into it. They're not going to work. And I think when you get into marriage or in a relationship, we hold on to these titles. And I'm guilty of it. When you first get married, everything is my husband, my wife. And you're excited about it because now you have a title. But then there's a responsibility that comes along with that title. It's not enough to say you have a wife. It's not enough to say you have a husband. So when you put yourself in these relationships, understand there's a responsibility that comes along with the titles that you have chosen. Because you did choose to be with this person. So when you're in a marriage and you're telling your husband or you're telling your wife, I'm not happy. What you are doing now is setting up an excuse. You're setting up an excuse. So that way, if you want to go out there and cheat, what are you going to tell That side chick, she don't make me happy. So then that side chick thinks that I'm going to do everything right to make him happy so he he can leave her. Dear side chicks, I am not the reason why he's not happy. And you will not be the reason why he's happy. Do your homework. If he's been in a marriage or relationship for five, six, seven, eight years, and he's still in that relationship, has nothing to do with that woman. It's more about him than it is her. He's building up an excuse to cheat on his wife or to cheat on his girlfriend. And then you accept being 
That side chick. So what does that say about you? You're not happy either. Because there's no way you could accept or should you accept being anybody's fallback plan. When shit get rough, that's when he calls on you. But then when things are good at home, you don't hear from him. Valentine's Day, Christmas, Wednesday, Thursday. Because now he's realizing you ain't making him happy either. Sex is only going to get you so far. But so long. But if you don't have any substance behind that, there's a reason why you decide. And then you meet the wife. Because you know you're going to Facebook her. You're going to look up. You're going to try to figure out how can I be that better woman? And it's not her. The same way when I mentioned in episode one about broken people. If he hasn't dealt with his issues, his insecurities, he's never going to be happy. So then he finds a mate that he thinks will resemble the idea of what happiness. I am not the source of your happiness. And you will not hold me to being so. That's like when Rudy and I got married, I had to figure out who I was outside of being a wife and a mother. That was a hard transition for me because I didn't want to feel like I was slacking on being a wife and my responsibilities of being a wife and a mother. And that's far from the truth. I'm a businesswoman. The same way you put on your pants one leg at a time, so do I. So finding the balance of who I am and who I want to become had absolutely nothing to do with my husband. So then there's things that I had to work on for myself, within myself. And it's not sitting up there venting to your girlfriends. You can tell them things, but you got to do the work. And by doing the work, you now have to take that label off of your mate. Because when you do that, the dialogue and the narration between yourself and your mate changes. The accountability of him being your main source changes. 
He can be an extension of your happiness, but he's not your source. But then you have to be careful of who you seek guidance from. I don't tell my single friends issues with my husband. I just don't. Nothing against my single friends. But you cannot tell me how to manage my marriage when you're not married. Marriage is a responsibility. It's a commitment. And this is my favorite word. It's a choice. I wake up every day choosing to stay married. For good, bad, and indifferent. I divorce Rudy in my head every day in the bathroom. Because I have a husband in the bathroom. I'll have arguments with Rudy in the bathroom. And I have to do that to protect my marriage. Because certain things you can't say I'm sorry for. Once it's said, it's said. So you have to pick your words and choose your words for the sake of your relationship. Now, I'm not saying that you let someone just walk all over you. That's not what I'm saying. But in a sense, you got to pick your battles. I curse Rudy out every day in the bathroom. And sometimes every day when we standing with each other. I don't love him any less. But that's what works for us. But I will not speak to my husband in a manner to make him feel bad or to tarnish his image or his self-respect of a man because I wouldn't want it done to me. And we have this list. And I remember uh, when Steve Harvey came out with his book, you know, the, what is that? Talk like, think like a man, act like a woman. And he mentioned list. Now, I want to say this. He did not mean you write a 12-page letter. Maybe a post-it note, but not a 12-page letter. And when you write that list, be sure you can mirror everything you put on that list. Because there's nothing like saying, oh, he got to be tall. He got to be educated. He got to make six figures. He got to have his own place. But then you live with your mother. How can you say, I want this from a man, and you cannot mirror what you're asking for? It's unrealistic. Then you set yourself up. You set yourself up for a big disappointment. 
Because here it is, this man is coming to the table with everything that you say you want, but you can't even meet him with one thing. And if you do, it's half-assed. You have to be honest or, better word, transparent about who you are. Not what everyone sees or hear, but who you know you are. And if there's certain things within you that you want to fix or you need to change, it does not start from your mate. You will be lonely if every single time you're in a relationship and it ends and it takes you five to 10 business days to pick yourself back up. Do relationships hurt when they end? Absolutely. But relationships are easier to get through when you didn't put them as your main source of happiness. Is it nice to show up to a wedding and you have your man with you? Absolutely. Or if your girls are planning a couple's weekend and you can't go because you don't have a man. I get it. But if you're doing that for the reality purposes, continue to do so. Because there's a difference between reality and real. If you want to give the reality show idea of your relationship, keep doing what you do. Because it's working for you, for the time. But then when things get real and you have no choice but to be called to the mat, be prepared. And don't get mad. You cannot get mad when people don't live up to your unrealistic expectations. Again, I'm not saying you settle. But if you're saying that you want all these things in a mate, please... Come to the table with something more than just that list. You have to, I've learned, surround yourself with like-minded people. So if you want to be in a healthy marriage relationship, you start to surround yourself with people who will give you the encouragement and the guidance of saying you're worth doing that work. And then you don't have to make a public service announcement that I'm healing. I see a lot of times on Instagram and Facebook when people say they're healing. You don't have to announce that. People see it, believe it or not. 
People notice it when you're healing. People see the change. So you have to take away the idea that everyone needs to know what you're doing. I don't tell people things that I'm going to do until it's already done. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you were working. That was the point. So if you really want to find out who you are, look in the mirror. You are with you every single day. And you know your truth. You know your flaws. You know your strength. But by doing that, you go into a healthier relationship with a better understanding that this person is not responsible to make me happy. Because what ends up happening is if the relationship ends, you might take a couple of days, DoorDash, some food, watch Love Jones 50 million times. But by the second day, you up and out. Because you've come to the understanding that that's not a loss for you. It just didn't work out. And by accepting that, you don't take that emotional baggage into your next relationship. Because you've already figured out who you are outside of being in that relationship. You're not defined by that relationship. That's like, think about movies. You have a lead actor and best supporting actor. You are the lead actor in this movie. Anybody that comes along, they play in that supportive role. And that's okay for them to be in that role. But when you're constantly jumping through hoops and doing everything that you think will make that person happy, you start to resent them. And then it's no longer about them. It's like, why am I doing this? And now you're not happy. You're not their source. And it comes to the point now, Rudy and I are friends. We're married, but I don't hold the title of our marriage as, I guess you want to say the source. Because outside of our marriage, I'm Nikia, he's Rudy. We have individual goals, and then we have couple goals, things we want to do as a couple, which is, I think, the best thing that we came up with, because then it allows us to be our authentic selves 
And what ends up happening is if I see he's working on something and I can lend a hand, yeah, I'm going to help him and support him and vice versa. But then the responsibility of me getting him to that gold is not there. That's his goal. That's what he wants to do. But together, we have a goal that we must meet. And there is no one side. We both have to put that energy in. So you have to be honest about who you are and what you want. And then when you have that, you work on it from within. You don't go out to seek it in another person to fulfill it for you. It's a level of truth that you got to have with yourself. It's never going to be about the other person. And I've been around people who are scared to be by themselves. I actually enjoy it. If I want to sit and watch ID all night, I'm free to do it. If that's my level of comfort, that what makes me happy, I do it. I don't need validation from Rudy to say it's okay for me to do it. You have to validate your own ticket. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. But that's where you get to become your authentic truth. And then no one can try to add anything different because you're already comfortable with the work that you've done. If I require Mondays as my day of peace, meaning no phone calls, no text messages, you know what I do? I turn the phone off. Why? Because no matter how many times you tell people, Monday's my day, they still gonna call, they still gonna text. You have to be your own source in order for people now to respect it. But when people think they can come in and change it, that's where the lines get blurry. I enjoyed this conversation. Because I think it's missing in a lot of conversations with friends and boyfriends and girlfriends. Again, I'm not here to make you comfortable. And if you don't agree with it, or you've taken something out of what I said, my job is done. With that being said, I want to say thank you again for taking your time out 
and to hear my what I call audio journal um, you can find transparency talk on Instagram it's transparency underscore talk you can leave comments suggestions and I will read each comment and I may respond or I just may take your comments and place them right here on this podcast so I just want to say thank you again and I look forward to the next episode take care